Hello, sports fans. And no, your ears are not deceiving you. This is Michael Mawson with the cold opening. Uh, a little bit of an audible here on uh, this episode of Sellout Sports. Uh, the, the regular MC, Tori Rich. Um, I'm about to break some HIPAA laws. Uh, he has COVID. So uh, we're changing course a little bit. I'm going to, uh, I'm joined by Parker Rush, uh, two episodes in a row for Parker. And we got a good episode for you. We're going to talk some Heisman. Uh, you know, the, the Heisman trophy's coming right up. We got some NFL for you, of course. Uh, with no Tory, I think uh, we can talk a little more basketball as well. And uh, yeah, we're, we're about to get into all of it. So uh, I'm going to hit the music. First off, want to wish everyone a uh, happy Thanksgiving. Um, I think that's a good place to start. Welcome, welcome on Parker. Uh, let's let's get your favorite Thanksgiving side dish. What kind of what kind of guy are you? Oh, I love um, the stuffing. Yeah, I right. I mean, stuffing. I think that's the right answer. I, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, just because you don't get it a lot, right? Mashed potatoes are great, but I get mashed potatoes year round. I get them during barbecues in the summer. Um, obviously a staple in the winter, but, uh, I'm not hating on potatoes. I, I love me some, some good mashed potatoes, but stuffing is a delicacy, right? You only get it right around Thanksgiving. Um, I, I don't make it on my own. I don't know about you, but, uh, um, I've hosted Thanksgiving the past two years, so I have made it, uh, one year was store-bought and one year was homemade. But no, I love stuffing. Put a little gravy on it. Mm. Good for you. Good so, for you. Uh, should we tell the listeners about your... I I opened up with an Audible, right? You have your own little Audible uh, for Thanksgiving. You just mentioned you you hosted the last two. And uh, Ohio State didn't do too hot in those two years, right? So uh, you're, you're calling an Audible on, on your plans this year, right? Yeah, don't call me... Uh, I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. <laughs> So last last two years, uh, I hosted Thanksgiving dinner, and Ohio State proceeded to lose the following weekend. So you're just doing what you can. The families. Yeah, I'm trying to do my part. Yeah, you're just trying to win the day for Ryan Day. Exactly. I you know I respect it. The Buckeyes everywhere. Uh, you know we're we're talking about college, so let's just get into it. I, I mentioned that we wanted to talk Heisman. Um, you know, we're getting we're getting right there. Uh, a few weeks, the the votes will be uh, will be casted, and it's an interesting race this year for sure. Um, uh, you know, I gotta give you your your due. You you called uh, Jaden Daniels early in the year, and I was like, ah, you know, he's putting up numbers, but I can't see it right now. I, I just can't see it. With uh, I think they had two losses early, like mid season, and I was like, you know, I, I just can't see it. They've you know they lost again since that last conversation, but hand up. He's my 1A right now. He is, he's leading by a, by a slim margin for me. Um, and, in my Heisman ballot, uh, 
you know, the numbers are there. I don't think I really have to uh, regurgitate them too much. So I'll just go quickly through them here. First in the nation in total yards per game at 417.4. First in the nation in passing touchdowns with 36. First in the nation for total touchdowns responsible for at 46. Best passer rating, 208.3. Over 1,000 rushing yards. Only quarterback to do that. I mean, he all, he leads the nation in almost everything, right? So um, I, I understand where you were coming from. Uh, maybe I'm just a little bit late to the party, but I, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, a lot of people have jumped back onto the train lately. But, uh, no, I've been on it all year. Yeah, got to give you your due. We talk about that with, uh, you know, Tori got a laugh because I said that I don't think uh, we deserve any credit for the for the Bengals, who we'll talk about again later, uh, when they were trending upward. I just thought everyone else was stupid. Um, he got a laugh out of that because uh, I think I'm starting to think a little bit more like him uh, the more and more time we spend together. But, um, you know, you do deserve your credit for this one. Um, yes, you could probably see it coming, but um, I think a lot of things had to happen. You know, Michael Penix, um, I think uh, I think he was one when uh, when you were on the when we were talking Heisman's last on the show. He was he was the number one for me, um, and you know he had to fall off a little bit. Uh, other guys had to you know fall falter a little bit, and that's not to diminish what Jaden Daniels is doing because it's incredible, um, but things had to happen for him to kind of jump some others. And, and that's, what's great about sports in general, but, and, you know, in particular, it seems like uh, college football, just uh, craziness is what is to be expected. Right. Yeah. I mean, in a season that hasn't been like too crazy with upsets. No, it really hasn't. Super competitive. No, it really hasn't. So um, I think like this year, like the biggest thing has been the Highland race. Yeah, and I think you said whenever first came on, you said um, Michael Penix was your clear number one. And after the Oregon game, you were still on that. And and I said coming out of that game, I was a little bit more impressed with Bo Nix than I was Penix, which of late has I think has really shown. But I, I told you that Jim Daniels was still my number one at that point. Yeah, and uh, yeah, man, you're you know you're looking like a genius right now because Bo Nix is my one B. Uh, I, he's a slither, just a slither behind Jaden Daniels for me. Um, just with what he's done, uh, I don't think this is really getting talked about a lot, but he's on pace to break the completion percentage record for a season. Uh, I heard it during that Washington game. Maybe you know I'm not tuned into every every broadcast of the uh, of the Oregon game. I, I do watch a lot of the Ducks, but I do kind of skip through because you know as somebody that is on the East Coast and you know, they typically play late. I'm not usually on the broadcast at 1030. I'm usually just watching their plays, um, you know, after I uh, record the game. But yeah, man, I, I do remember it. do remember hearing about it in that Washington game. But I think it's a narrative that kind of hasn't um, been continued throughout the country. And I'm not exactly sure why. I mean, 78.1%. That's just an absurd number. Every, you know, every four times he throws the ball, he's going to complete it more than three times. That's 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 crazy. Yeah, no, it is. A, it's, a, it's an astonishing number. 
And it's uh, even more impressive when you consider the fact that he's not a check down Charlie. Yeah, he's not. You know, he is. He's flinging it. And of course, you know, let's not um, discredit Oregon's running game. That's that's a big part of it, too. Uh, they're getting chunks out of at a time, which is opening up the play action and allowing him to throw downfield a little bit more. But just a, to- you know, a fun offense to watch. Um, not necessarily what you would think of when you think of Oregon, right? Um, at, at least not me. I, when I think Oregon, I still think those Chip Kelly days, right? Cool uniforms, uh, you know, small athletic playmakers uh, just running, you know, trying to get 60 yards of play. Um, this is a little bit more of a pro-style offense, but uh, but still getting the job done and putting up points. Yeah, I mean, the days of Chip Kelly are definitely gone for Oregon because uh, this team is definitely a team that can rely on the defense, which in the days of Chip Kelly were never a thing. Yeah, that's and that's a very good the point. Offense is, and the offense is just, uh, it's a well-oiled machine at every point that doesn't rely on a running quarterback necessarily. And uh, I think the narrative of Bo Nix is crazy, too, because three years ago, he was trash at Auburn, and they didn't want him, and no one else wanted him. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, he just, uh, I mean, he's been a college quarterback for, what, five, six years now? Yeah, I mean, it's been a while. I remember he played against um, Justin Herbert. Yeah, I mean, just, first game. just just crazy to think of how, um, you know, there's always like it, college basketball. I, I feel like there's more of those guys that just never go away. Uh, but you're starting to see it now. Perry Ellis's. Yeah, Perry Ellis's, of course, of Kansas. And, you know, Reggie Jackson felt like that guy for me at BC when I was growing up. Uh, I would just watch the Nesson highlights and I would always see Reggie Jackson What for what seemed like was 10 years in a row just doing crazy things in uh, in Boston, but um, for Boston College. But, yeah, man, I mean, Oregon, top five in passing. I mean, uh, Bo Nix, excuse me, top five in passing. And they're vying for a, for a playoff spot. And um, talking about Oregon of, of past, this feels like uh, a, a team that if they can get in, if they can beat Washington this time around, isn't just going to bow out easily and, and get blown out and lose by 30 if they if they do get a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think um, it depends on who they play. If their first game is against Georgia, yeah, I think it is a blowout. You think so? I mean, I'm uh, uh, Georgia of late has just been a fucking. Yeah, they, Dumb truck. yeah, they've been the Georgia that everyone expected from the beginning. It seemed like the Bulldogs were a little sleepy at the beginning of the year, and uh, I was definitely one to to write them off and uh, think that maybe this wasn't their year, uh, especially when when Bowers went down. But they just they just when Bowers went down, they got better, and now he's back. And um, yeah, I mean, good luck to whoever whoever uh, you know is lined up against the Bulldogs in the, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so that, yeah, that's my one, a one B it's, uh, it's Jane Daniels, Bo Nix. I got, I got Michael Penix at two. Um, he used to be, he was one, like I said before, you know, if this season was over in week seven, week eight, uh, like I said, he's my Heisman. Uh, that's not the case. 
Um, I think he did a little, he did a little bit of this last year too, kind of, um, put up crazy, crazy numbers early, set the expect. It seems like he had more of a narrative this year than he did last year. Um, I, I don't know why there wasn't really much of a narrative for him last year, even though he was putting up similar numbers, um, early in the year and he's kind of faltered off just a little bit by no means. Is he playing bad? Yes. He had a bad week, uh, this past Saturday, uh, against, Oregon State, right? It was, it, yeah, it was in uh, Corvallis, and it was in Corvallis, and it was messy game. Yeah, messy game, but you know, did enough to get the win. And uh, at this point in the year, when you're now eleven and 0, 10 and zero, and heading into that game against a ranked conference opponent, um, being sloppy and winnings, you know, it's not a bad thing. But you know, obviously, we're talking individual awards here with the Heisman. I think he was just under, I think he was thirteen to twenty-eight, under two hundred yards passing, but he still leads the league or leads the nation, excuse me, in passing yards, um, still being really effective. Uh, there's still a path there, right? He has, a, obviously, a rivalry game this week. And then, you know, the the rematch, uh, I think, will go a long way in, in, uh, in some voters' minds about, about who wins. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you've got next week, if Oregon wins this week, it's a rematch between Bo Nix and Michael Penix. Whoever loses that game is out of the Heisman. Yep. I, uh, and then. Yeah. Could yeah. Be, yeah. Bo potentially. Yeah. I don't. I, I can't see. But you're right. I can't see Bo Nix losing that game, and winning the Heisman. I think you're right there. Yeah. Yeah. No. I agree. And then yeah, yeah. If yeah, that's actually a good point because if. If Oregon wins, you can, I don't think you can give it to Penix, especially with uh, everything we just said about him uh, teetering off just a, just a tad. Um, but when you have somebody putting up the numbers like Jaden Daniels is, he's not allowing you those that that wiggle room of um, a you can have a bad game, right? Two bad games, I don't think you can do, and you can't have a bad game and then lose in the conference championship with the numbers that Jaden Daniels is. Is putting up, and we're talking about losses. I I, I didn't even mention this. So the narrative with Jaden Daniels and his losses, like they're not his fault, right? I mean, we we all know about that LSU defense and how nothing <laughs> nothing's working for them. Um, so lost week one to FSU wasn't that was probably his worst game in a loss. It was his worst game in a loss. Three and <laughs> I say that kind of tongue in cheek. Three hundred forty six yards. One touchdown, one interception, 64 yards on 15 carries on the ground. So he still accounted for 425. <laughs> and uh, I'm calling that his worst game. Um, worst loss, I should say. The The loss to Ole Miss, 414 through the air, uh, four touchdowns. He added 199 yards on the ground in a rushing touchdown. That's not a game you should lose. They lost 55 to 49. He doesn't play defense. It's just as simple as that. He's not he's not Travis Hunter. If he is, maybe you hold that against him a little bit. <laughs> that that'd be kind of interesting. <laughs> if uh, you know, Travis if if Colorado was still buzzing and, you know, they're doing what they're doing, Colorado's giving up points, but the offense is just scoring more. That would be an interesting narrative to see uh how that would impact voters' minds being like, yeah, like Travis Hunter's getting an interception here or there, but how much is he really impacting the defense if they're giving up 38 a week? We're we're probably yeah, no, I mean, we're probably I... trending towards uh, 
having that discussion sometime in the next like five years or so with the with the way people guys are are playing both ways. I mean, you might have that discussion next year with Travis Hunter. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If Colorado can, uh, you know, do what LSU is doing this year, right? Like uh, the Jaden Daniels path, maybe maybe we're in the same exact boat next year. Yeah, we're talking about that. It'd be be kind of funny. Um, yeah, that would be a fun narrative. Yeah, yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting. It'd be very de- decisive, divisive. Excuse me. Um, I think some people would really hold it against him, and then I think others would be like, "It's a it, you know, there's eleven people on on the defense, and he's doing what he has to. You know, he's a corner. He's not gonna you know shut down the run every play. He's not gonna stuff the gaps. He's on the outside. But I think there would be some people that would definitely hold it against him. Be like, well, if he's that impactful, they wouldn't be giving up thirty eight points a game. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, that'd be a, I'd, I'd root for that, honestly. Yeah, I'm kind of rooting for that narrative too. It'd be, let, let's have it happen. You know, let's call, let's get Colorado back into relevancy, uh, first off, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still can't get enough Travis Hunter. He's still, he's still very fun to watch. Um, no, he is. One last thing on on uh, on Jane Daniels, my one A. I do not. I could give a fuck less about what he did last week against Georgia State. I really do not care. His, his. Yeah, I mean, especially when you consider. No, go ahead. The fact that Brian Kelly like kept him out and kept him out there. Uh, to get eight touchdowns, just because their season now rides on the Heisman. Yeah, their season's over. They're they're playing for yeah, um, a bowl game, which nobody really cares about bowl games, especially this year of all years, right? I think this is the year where bowl games are the most meaningless in the history of bowl games. Because I think once college football, the college football playoffs were implemented years ago, they started to lose a little bit of meaning, right? Just naturally, because now it's, okay, now there's a playoff if you're not in the playoff. Yeah, you get a New Year's Six Bowl, cool. Like, congr- like that's good. Like, you know, don't, don't hang your head on that, but it's not the same meaning as obviously making it to the playoffs, right? It's, it's not the same thing. Um, and and now with moving to twelve teams next year, I think everyone's just like, who who really cares about a bowl game at all? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, no, I definitely agree. I would say the only bowl game that like truly matters, or uh, is the uh, is the Rose Bowl yeah, game. Ro- yep, I agree. But this year the Rose Bowl is one of the the two semifinals. So, oh, it is. I agree. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Rest in peace to uh, um, to the to the true Rose Bowl Pac Pac twelve Big Ten champions. Yeah, I mean, as a Big Ten guy myself, like if you don't win the national title, like the Rose Bowl was a really good con- um like thing to fall back on. Yeah, yeah, it's uh yeah no a hundred percent and uh but yeah getting back to to Jaden Daniels yeah I do not care that he scored eight touchdowns against Georgia State uh this late in the year. I really don't. Nor should you. Yeah, again, it was it was you're you're 100% right. It was Brian Kelly. This is what they're playing for. And I respect it. Brian Kelly's got recruiting to do. If if he can have a, a Heisman winner notch under his belt, he'll use that in recruiting and it's a smart tactic. I'm not, you know. And I think there's um a certain group of players that would appreciate that, you know, that, that oh, I want to be the next Jaden Daniels. I want to win a Heisman in Baton Rouge. And, oh, okay, even if our season isn't going great, like, I can still win a Heisman. 
great. You know, obviously, you know, you want to recruit winners. And I'm not saying that Jaden Daniels isn't that guy. Um, but I think it's just a smart recruiting tactic and it's only helping them. But with that said, his performance the week prior against a SEC Florida, you know, SEC opponent in Florida. Um, again, not super high on Florida, don't get me wrong, but over 350 passing and over 200 rushing. Um, that's way more impressive to me than, than what he did last week. Yeah, I mean, he was the first quarterback in NCAA history to throw for 350 and rush for 250. Yeah, not bad, right? <laughs> not, not a bad day's work. Yeah, not a bad day at the office. Um, cool. So, uh, yeah, I think we're I think we're in agreement there, right? Uh, Daniels 1A kind of – I think you might have Daniels 1, Bonix 2, or I don't want to speak for you. Let me know. Yeah, no, I have uh, I have Jaden Daniels as number one right now. Um, Bonix number two. Bonix can definitely play himself into the one. Yep, hundred percent agree there. Um, and then my three, our three, definitely differs. Fair enough. Yeah. So uh, let let you give the people your three. Uh, so I got Jaden Daniels, Bonix, Marvin Harrison. You got Marvin Harrison three. All right, give me. Sell me. Sell me on it. Um, I guess he is just the best player in the country. Um, without him, Ohio State probably isn't undefeated. And then I think he can truly play himself into winning the Heisman this weekend. Okay. I, res- um, I respect we've it. We've seen I, it before. I think uh, – I, I do think he's probably the the most impactful player in the country, especially uh, on offense, at least I can, I can say, um, for sure. Um, I think we, the listeners know how I feel about your quarterback. Um, and I think, I think Marvin Harrison hides that very well. And, uh, he's a guy that, uh, Jim, Jim Trestle was just talking to, uh, was it, uh, was it Bobby Carpenter? And uh, AJ Hawk, uh, I was listening to Pat McAfee's show earlier today, and he was talking about McCord, and he was saying, he, "Just don't lose the game." Uh, very Kenny Pickett-like uh, approach. He said he doesn't have to win us the game. Um, I don't think he's necessarily talking about Michigan. Uh, he was because that's the opponent, but I think he's just talking, uh, you know, just in general. He doesn't believe McCord's maybe that guy that can go and win you a game, but. He said he doesn't have to with that defense, the way it's playing. And uh, with the weapon that is Marvin Harrison, you you hand it off and you get into third and manageable. And when you need a play, you look at Marvin Harrison and you throw it his way and he'll go up and grab it. And uh, that is a luxury that I don't think anybody else in the country has on their on their roster. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just shocked that you have a, a leg up on me on some Ohio State talk. I listen, heard this. Listen, man. Listen, man. I'm a Heisman voter. I got to do my due, due diligence. I take this shit seriously. I uh, I don't kid around with this. Um, you know, it's it's fun to talk shop and and kind of talk these lists, and it's cool to kind of put it on tape and and talk throughout the year about how uh, how my opinion might change as the year goes on. But yeah, man, I I'm in the weeds. I'm in the weeds. Hey, I respect it. And shout out to the sweater vest. Yeah, what a great look, huh? What a great look on the on the sidelines. 
Where was he before? Was he uh was he a Youngstown Youngstown State guy? Or am I mixing up my uh Ohio? Yeah, no, he, he no, he's he's a he's a lifetime Ohio. Youngstown State guy. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, man, you gotta listen to the McAfee show sometime. Uh on, on Wednesdays, uh the the general gives his his uh college football rankings and uh spoiler alert, Ohio State's been one all year long for him. And I fucking love him. Uh, Shout he, out to the carpenter. Because <laughs> he might be a little biased, but hey, uh, you know what? That if you have a radio hey, show, if you have a radio show talking college football in Columbus, Ohio, that you're talking four hours a day year round college football, I, you know, you're you're and you played for that university. Yeah, you're probably going to be a little biased. Yeah, all American at Ohio State. Um, he's a legend. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't put anyone else at number one. <laughs> Fair enough. But back to the Heisman. So you, so you have Marvin three. And uh, do you have a four? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's Penix. Oh, yeah. You didn't you didn't even say Penix yet. Wow. No, I didn't put Penix in yet. Wow, yeah. Okay, you have Penix four. Okay. Just because he's faltered a little bit? Yeah, just because he's faltered. I, I'm not truly like, that impressed with him. Um, maybe it's just like me seeing him at Indiana before. Who knows what it is? But yeah, I mean, he throws it. I mean, he his mechanics are a little weird. Uh, maybe it's because he's a lefty, right? But um, or not weird, but just they don't look like a normal throwing motion. I guess is the best way to put it. And um, but he he delivers a beautiful ball, man. He and you want to talk about not dinking and dunking like. He is throwing it downfield, and he is putting it on guys like in there, you know, right on, right in the money, like right in their breadbasket. Um, he's been doing it all year. I'm very impressed by Michael Penix. Um, four, okay, okay. Not to, no disrespect there. I I do I am impressed by him, just not by the other, like I am the other three. Yeah, no, it's uh, I think it's an interesting year. I mean, you know, last year was my first year as a Heisman voter. Um, and, and it wasn't much of a race. I think everyone knew Caleb Williams was going to win. Um, I actually went with Duggan one and, and Williams two, as I think I've said on this show a few times now. Um, but I think this is a more open Heisman than last year's was. Yeah, no, I mean, this is probably the most wide open it's ever been like going into like this time of the year. Yeah, I mean it's we're we're approaching like, we're in rivalry uh, week. Yeah, I mean yeah, the season's damn near over. Yeah, I mean it's wide open because I mean if you think about it, Joe Burrow had it easily. Yeah, he had it in the bag, hundred um, percent. Devontae Smith, or yeah, Devontae Smith had it easily. And yeah. I think last year was a little wide open, but it was only between like two people. Yeah, no, I I agree. And, and uh, Duggan wasn't one. And who wasn't one? Duggan. Uh, I I don't think people were really giving Duggan like any credit until after. Oh oh yeah, Duggan. Okay, the Big my bad. I thought, I thought you were saying Devin. My bad. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Um, it was it was mostly between Williams and and Stroud. Did Stroud end up two or three? I forget. I think he was at. He, he was three. Yeah, it, it, Duggan did finish second, right? 
I think he did. Yeah. I could be wrong. No, I think you're right. I'm pretty sure you're right. Uh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, he was he was second, um, and Stroud was three. Cool. So yeah, I have I my third. I have Carson Beck. Actually, I I have the uh, you know the QB from Georgia. He lost his biggest weapon. We're talking about Marvin Harrison, and uh, you know Bowers has to be right there too, right? Um, no disrespect to Marv. Um, all right. While we're while we're talking about Marvin Harrison, uh, am I gonna have to watch the game on mute this week? This weekend, Parker. I think I might have to. Which is a travesty. Come on, you don't want to hear Maserati. I don't have a problem. Oh, why am I blanking on his name? Please help me right now. Gus Johnson. Yeah, I don't have a problem with Gus Johnson. Ninety-five percent of the time, there's people that hate Gus Johnson all the time. And Maserati Marv. Maserati Marv. His call on Maserati Marv makes me understand why. Um. He, he ruined that game for me, and I think he's going to ruin the game for me as well. I want to hear the big house. I want to hear the crowd noise. I think it's going to be cold, right? Um, so, you know, I want to hear that. Yeah. I want to hear the atmosphere. But, dude, I just can't take it. And, you know, I project Marvin's going to have a good game. Like, if Ohio State wants to win, they're going to have to give him the ball, no doubt. And I do not want to hear that stupid nickname 15 times. I really don't. <laughs> No, nah, I mean I understand. Uh, I I kind of like um, marvelous Marv more than Maserati Marv. Yeah, marvelous Marv. That kind of goes with what he does too. I mean the toe taps and the and the dragging of the feet and the you know catching on the sidelines and, and you know all those very you know high difficulty catches that he's making. Um, they're marvelous plays, right? Uh, is he fast? Yeah, but I don't think he. I don't think he's Mar- Maserati fast. I got maybe I'm wrong. Uh, funny you mentioned that. Um, at, at one point during the season, he was the fastest clocked player in the country. Fair enough, dude. Uh, it's something about guys that are tall that make me feel like they're not fast. Tori, Tori put me on to uh, MVS, who we'll also talk about later in the show a little bit, um, you know, being a speedster. And I just never looked at him that way, uh, Valdez Scantling, that is, just because of his height. You know, when I think of speedsters, it's just like built into my mind. You know, Tyreek Hill probably plays a part in this too. It's just like those short guys that just are just burners. Um, I, I don't think of tall yeah, guys no, being mean, fast for some reason. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, with Marv, he has this incredible, like, talent mixed with incredible speed, an unwavering work ethic, and just like pure talent. No, he's he's very good. He is very good. Um, yeah, I think he'll be whoever gets him in the NFL is going to be very you know very very happy with that pick. Uh, but yeah, I have Carson Beck at three. Uh, again, no Bowers for what was it three or four weeks? Didn't miss a beat. Um, put up great numbers against. Talk about you know playing competition. This was uh, this was kind of my reason for voting Duggan last year is just the uh, the competition he played and he excelled in those games um, against the, that competition. Um, and, you know, I really respect that. Uh, it, it, it can it can be easy to take a look into one of those games and, you know, he hasn't... <laughs> George is, what, 28 in a row now? Uh, yeah, 28 in a 28. row. Obviously, that's not a one-year thing, but just this year. Um, I mean, 
talk about expectations. You come in with a 17-game winning streak, back-to-back national champions, you know, and he's just, he hasn't even blinked at it. You know, he's putting up numbers. George's offense is looking really good. Um, and again, without without Bowers for a chunk of the year, I mean, I just can't uh, give that guy enough credit. Um, that's the most difficult situation you can be put in, and he's excelling in it, and that's that's just awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, kudos to him. There were definitely points in the season where they could have lost the game, and they could have just pointed right at him and said, hey, we have a young quarterback, and uh, they didn't. And they didn't lose, and now they're in contention again. Crazy. Crazy how uh, college football works sometimes. And then uh, just to wrap up the Heisman talk really quick, I do have Marv. Uh, I'm not I'm not disrespecting him as uh, the Ohio State Buckeye super fan. Uh, I'm sure can appreciate. Um, I do have him as four. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to get my top four this week. Um, he has the potential to move up. I don't think he necessarily has the potential to jump um, Bo Nix or, or Jaden Daniels for me at this time unless he puts up ungodly numbers against Michigan. I'm talking 10 catches, 200-plus yards, and a couple touchdowns. Um, if, he yeah. do, if he does that, uh, there is a chance. Uh, we'll have to see what, what everyone else does, and there's a chance that he—I mean, he's put up numbers throughout the year. Uh, sands the Notre Dame game where he got hurt, right? Like that's the one big game where he didn't produce, but he was hurt. Um, he didn't put up numbers against uh, Indiana week one, but uh, Indiana was, as Tory uh, said, you know, in a previous episode, just playing to lose by 20. They were, they were happy to get out of there uh, with a three possession game and, and just not giving Ohio state many chances offensively. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, he's, he's, uh, He's excelled with, again, what I think isn't a superior quarterback by any means. And he uh, he's not putting up ungodly numbers, uh, but he is a big part of their offense. And, uh, you know, if he's not there, I don't think Ohio State's in the conversation for playoffs. I don't think they're – I mean, their defense is good. I don't know if they're top 10 uh, without Marvin Harrison this year. I think they're in the top 10, but I – I can definitely understand the not buying for national championship. Yeah, you can you can understand the hesitancy there because um, I don't like their offense. Yeah, their absolutely. offense has looked better. Uh, the running games come along a little bit too, but without Marv uh, there, I not think a that, little bit. Their running game is yeah. Without Marv, that, yeah. Without Marv, that running game I don't think is what it is. Uh, Tori will probably disagree when he hears this, but um, but man, I mean, you can't. You can't single cover Marv. It's just it's not an option. No, I mean now nowadays people are uh, blanketing him, so they'll press him and then they'll put someone above them. Yeah, yeah, just double coverage every time. You got the safety leaning on that side. Um, yeah, well, I, it'll be an interesting. I mean, Michigan's a top five defense. If if he can put up great numbers, I'm not. I'm I'm not saying he can't shoot up it's just going to take an all-time performance for that to happen you know you want to talk about a Heisman Not fair enough. you want to talk about a Heisman moment though I mean say he gets the winning touchdown against uh you know the number three ranked Wolverines in you know maybe the biggest Ohio State Michigan game in the history of the game um I mean there's a Heisman moment for you right 
Yeah, I mean, in a season where there hasn't been one yet, we could have yeah. like a Desmond Howard, Charles Woodson type of moment in the game. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, with Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, miss me with the uh, Jaden Daniels, Georgia State <laughs> Heisman moment talk. Um, <laughs> if your if your Heisman moments coming they- coming against Georgia State, uh, get out of here. Yeah, no, I agree. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, I think that's that, that does a pretty good job of, of uh, talking talking some college football. Um, man, excited for that game. It'll be a good one. Um, um, I'm nervous. Oh, oh, you want to talk a little bit about that really quick? Um, I mean, it doesn't matter what year it is. It doesn't matter the, the circumstances. I'm always on pins and needles for this game. Fair enough. I can so. respect that. Um, does Jim Harbaugh not being in the building scare you a little bit more? It might, honestly, because that team has something to play for. Yeah, excuse me. Not uh, He's in the building, but not on the sideline. You get, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, man, Blake Corum's starting to come around. Um, you know, J.J. McCarthy completed more than 70% of his uh, passes. JJ, JJ's kind of faltering lately yeah yeah i mean they haven't asked him to do a lot right um but they haven't asked him to do anything yeah that's true maybe they're all maybe they're saving it you know for uh that team down south i don't think they call them that but um you know maybe no, they just call us ohio ohio yeah you don't get the state you don't get uh <laughs> they don't they don't respect your borders we're, we're, apparently we're the the bobcats <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, obviously the game of the week going to be uh, very excited to watch that one. Uh, we'll we'll definitely dive deep into it uh, on uh, when you guys hear us again on Tuesday. But for now, let's uh, let's let's get some some basketball talk in with uh, with Tori Tori out of the episode. Uh, we can talk about a game, <laughs> the craziest game in the association by far this this year. Tori would hate this. Uh, Pacers beat the Hawks in a uh, in-season tournament game, 157 to 152, 309 total points. And this game didn't go. This was a this, that's regulation. There's no overtime there. Uh, nobody played. <laughs> nobody played defense, and I do not care. It was it was very fun. Uh, neither of these teams played defense to begin with. Uh, Vegas had this total at 251 and a half, so which is the highest total. In uh, at least the last 25 years, I, I saw uh, they hit that uh, easily, <laughs> as you can tell. Um, Parker, yeah, Parker, I, I turned this game on, hand up, didn't watch the whole game. I, I saw the end of the third quarter. I was I was kind of uh, just scoreboard watching uh, last night while I was kind of hanging out. I saw the score, and end of the third quarter, and I was like, I have to turn this on. Guess what the score was? At the end of the third quarter, my guess is going to be one nineteen to one oh four. I think you might have it on the money, actually. Let's see here. Let's uh, game cast. Okay, oops. Play by play. I believe the Hawks had one hundred nineteen. It was. Jesus Christ! If I got that right, that is absurd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you d- you did. Um, or actually, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. The Pacers had 119, and the Hawks had 114. 
So you're 10 points off. Oh, oh okay. I was 10 points off. But uh, still, to get the 119 is crazy. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, talk about a team that, two teams that won that trade, that, that Halliburton for Sabonis trade. Everyone was kind of asking why the why the Kings would do that. Um, well, they have De'Aaron Fox. That's why. They, they already had a really good guard. Um, but, man, 37 points, 16 assists. He scored th- a franchise record 26 of those points in the, in the third quarter. So talk about just dominating in two completely different areas of the game. He, uh, facilitator, always is. I think, you know, he's averaging about 12 assists a game this year. Uh, but to just be able to be that score too, when, when, cause his team was trailing the, the Pacers were down 20, uh, late in the, late in the first half. Uh, it, it was teetering on a blowout. It was 78, 58 with a couple minutes left in, in, until halftime. And then, uh, Halliburton comes out and scores 26 in the third. And like I said, the Pacers grabbed the lead and then it was just back and forth from there, but 37 and 16, that's just, that, that's stupid. Buddy healed. Yeah. Buddy Heald has sucked this year. I think he's like 20-something percent from three on the year. Just cold as, you know, couldn't hit the, the broad side of a barn, couldn't throw a rock into the ocean, you know, whatever whatever uh, metaphor you want. That's been Buddy Heald. Six, 24 points, 6-6 six to six from downtown, and he won them the game in the fourth quarter. I think he hit three of his threes in the fourth. Uh, Halliburton went back to his facilitator role, and uh, yeah, man, they, they took out they took out their bigs uh, late. Um, <laughs> Turner didn't didn't play in the fourth. I don't think if he did, it was just uh, it was early. Uh, Clint Capella for the Hawks, same thing. They they were just like, all right, uh, neither of us are playing defense, so let's just uh, put shooters out here instead of a, a big to clog up the lane. Um, <sighs> man, and then Trey Young on the other end, thirty eight points, eight assists. On 13 to 17 shooting, so talk about efficiency, 5 to 8 from 3, just uh, offense, offense, offense. DeJounte, 28 points, 5 assists, nothing to scoff at either. Just crazy, like, you you think of one of those, you, you hear one of those four box scores, and you're like, oh, that's a great game for that player, you know? And you put four of them together, two on each team, it just goes to tell you how uh, how efficient everyone was last night in Atlanta. Yeah, no, that's a that's a crazy game, and that's that's why you should have league pass. That is exactly why you should have league pass right there. You're, you know, it's a uh, it's a Tuesday night right before Thanksgiving. You know, you know, sleepy work day on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, let's let's throw on the let's throw on the Hawks and the and the Pacers. Um, you know, and again, in season tournament. You want to tell me teams don't care about in season tournament? These two teams definitely care about an in-season tournament, the way they were playing. And you can say, well, if they cared, that then they would play defense. Well, that's, that's just not in their identity, and you need to watch them play basketball. Um, but especially this Pacers team, right? They got a bunch of first-round picks from, uh, from the Naismith draft, actually. Uh, was that 2019 or 2020, whenever it was? Uh, they have a bunch of first-rounders, guys that are just haven't clicked on other teams throughout the league. And... You know, they're vying for second contracts. And um, do I think they're going to win that, win the in-season tournament? No, but they, they're a team that's motivated for that $500,000 bonus per player, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. 
So, I mean, and Rick Carlisle is a good coach. Yeah, Carlisle is a good coach. I can't believe uh, I, I was watching him. You know, they would pan over to him every once in a while, and I was just like, he must hate this because you think of, uh, you know, like the 2011 Mavs. They're, they were beating, uh, th- those were like 80s. Like when they were beating the, the super team Heat, those, those were like under 100 point games, right? Like they were holding them under 100. If I if if remember, yeah, no, I, mean, it, I don't remember um, exactly the scores, but that does sound about right. <laughs> so yeah, you, you think of that team, you know. I, I thought of I, you know, hand up. I've kind of thought of Carlisle kind of as a defensive guy throughout, just based off of like the rosters he's constructed and coached throughout the years, um, and <laughs> to be in to be in that kind of uh, of a game is it, it was just funny to see him on the on the sidelines. Um, but man, that, that Pacers team is fun too. Um, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking right now. Game one of 2011 heat Mavericks final heat win 92, 84, 95, 93, oh, yeah. 86, 83, 112 to 103, 105, 95. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you do those averages. That's less than hundred a game, you know, between for each team, probably under 200 total uh average for that finals uh tells you tells you a lot about how the league has gone obviously this is an an anonymous anonymous i can't say that word um thank you thank you um you know three you're not going to see 300 very often if at all again in regulation at least but uh it it does tell you a lot where the league has gone in the past dozen years uh it's pretty crazy no, no, I definitely agree. I I love offensive basketball. Yeah, it's 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 fun to watch, man. Uh, it's way more entertaining. Yeah, yeah, there. You know, I I love a a grit and grind team as much as the next guy too. But uh, when shots are falling and you know there's defense in the face, it's not like these were all wide open looks. Buddy Heald was uh, was splashing with you know a guy right in his face. It, it's not like he's he has twenty feet of space. Yeah, there were definitely some open looks, um, but it was just offense trumped defense last night in in Atlanta, and it was it was fun to watch. And again, that's the best um, the best court for alternate courts, which made it easy on the eyes. I tried to watch the Lakers game after on TNT, and uh, I I got a headache and I went to bed because their their court is just fucking obnoxious. Well, fuck LA, so understandable very true very true all right so uh you know i heard you you know we were talking earlier we were talking some celtics so uh parker give me the latest on on the seas yeah i mean the seas are looking really really good tough loss on monday to charlotte but um huge game tonight first measuring stick against milwaukee yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. excited. I'm really excited for that game. Uh, the Charlotte game, uh, watched most of it, didn't didn't watch all of it. Um, how much do you think the Charlotte Hornets are paying, you know, their uh, their clock operator there? Because uh, it's not enough, apparently. I mean, if you ask Brian Scalabrini or the ghost of Tommy Heinsohn, they're paying them over a million dollars. Yeah, Tommy Heinsohn rolled, was definitely rolling in his grave for that one. For... Uh, for the listeners that aren't aware, uh, you know, hand up. Uh, Tatum should have made the free throw. That's that's something that's kind of haunted the Celtics in years past. 
uh, is free throw shooting um, in, in big moments. Uh, it was overtime against the Hornets. Uh, Tatum had, was it three free throws? Yeah, he, he got a uh, foul on Gordon Hayward where he stepped into his shooting motion. Yeah, made the first two. Uh, the Celtics were down by three. There was 5.9 seconds left, I believe. He made the first two, missed the third. Um, the clock operator decided to start the clock once it hit the rim, which is not what you're supposed to do. Uh, and the Celtics eventually fouled. And then the clock operator decided to put another second and a half off the clock. Celtics fouled with uh, 3.2 left, um, which really should have been about 5.2 uh, or four, anywhere from like 4.2 to 5.2 because it took about a second for the rim from the rim to to hit a player, which is, uh, you know, the clock doesn't start until the ball hits an opponent or, you know, a player from that team. Uh, so in, in total, the Celtics got screwed by about three seconds. It was only down to like 1.7 um, uh, when the clock finally shut off. Uh, and and then Miles, Miles Bridges intercepted the pass on the other end. Celtics had a chance to tie it with one. With 1.7, uh, they had an inbound pass, and it was intercepted, and they didn't get a shot off. So uh, hand up on the Celtics for not hitting that free throw. They shouldn't be playing around with the Hornets like that in general. But, you know, fourth game, last game of a road trip for the, you know, they were on the road for about a week. Uh, they were playing around with their food with the Grizzlies, and they escaped that one with a two-point win. The Marcus Smart-less Grizzlies, you know, <laughs> nay, I remind you, and, uh, you know, one of the worst teams in the league up to this point um, shouldn't have been a two point game there. So, you know, it's kind of trending downward for them. Um, hopefully they bounce back big. Uh, they're, they're about to play an hour from now, from this recording, we're recording uh, Wednesday night, uh, like Parker said, against the Bucks. No. Uh, have you heard of Tatum's playing or not? I know he missed shoot around. Uh, he was sick. Have you, is there an update on uh, that? I, not that I'm aware of, but let me just check. Twitter real quick. Um, you know, hopefully he's he's good to go, and uh, you know the Bucks are at hopefully the Bucks are at full strength too. I'd love to see this. Uh, you know, everyone's calling it the, you know, the two contenders. I I would say right now, um, in the Eastern Conference, Philly looks good. Um, they could be there. You know, the Heat if they get hot. You know, we saw it last year. They're a team that kind of if they're playing well at the right moment, they're a team that you don't really want to face. I would say. Um, obviously they lost a couple pieces this year with Struess and, and, you know, things like that, but, but still, man, they're, they're not a joke. They're not a team. You can just, uh, Mark wins against, um, heat culture is a real thing. And that's why Tori's a fan. Um, unfortunately, they are. <laughs> let's see if, uh, I can get an update on Tatum in the, Oh, I have, I have an update. Yeah. Let's hear it. Uh, breaking news coming to you from, uh, New Hampshire, Jason Tatum is available. Okay, so, uh, you know, apparently an illness is is what I heard from uh, some beat reporters. Uh, hopefully, you know, he's he is full energy and, you know, kind of full Tatum. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I, I could see uh, the Celtics look played on monday right they were in charlotte on monday so they had the off day you know i everyone should be you know recovered from that at this point 
Uh, no excuses. I think uh, I think this should be a good game. And you know who I'm actually going to be paying close attention to is is Al Horford's minutes. Um, kind of that role, his role at this point, right, is is right around 22, 24 minutes a game. That's where Missoula's had him at uh, after the first couple games of the year. And uh, that, that seems to be a sweet spot. And I think that's right where I want Al. I think I said that before the year, like 20 to 24, 18 to 24. I, I, could, I would be happy even if he goes down a couple minutes just based off of his age and the beatings that he takes in games like uh, tonight where he's going to take, you know, he's going to be matched up against uh, Giannis on a, on a good amount of possessions. Um, Missoula up, you know, ticked his minutes up to about 28, 29 in the two games against uh, the Sixers, and uh, obviously his his role in those games is to, you know, shut down Embiid and and uh, you know put a body on him. And I don't think there's anybody better in the league. I I think Sixers fans would tell you that. Um, he Al Horford is just really good at minimizing Joel Embiid for whatever reason. Yeah, no, I mean, you're definitely right about that. Uh, Giannis has seemed to have uh, a little bit more uh, luck against him. I think it's probably part of just how physically of a freak, you know, he is. Uh, Obviously a lot younger, more mobile than than Embiid as well. Um, But, you know, he's our best matchup against Embiid. He's the Celtics' best matchup against Embiid. And if the Celtics want a chance, they need a fresh Al Horford. So, yeah, I'm expecting 28 to 30 minutes out of him tonight um, and then back to, back to that 18 to 20, 22, 24 kind of role. Um, we don't need points from him tonight. Uh, we need him to stretch the floor a little bit. We need him to kind of absorb the Giannis body blows and, and try and slow the break a little bit. And, you know, we'll see. This, uh, you know, Drew should, you know, I think Drew will be hungry. Revenge game of sorts against his former team, um, kind of showing what they lost, you know, w- with him going away to, you know, obviously to the Celtics now. And, man, I think it'll be a fun game. I, I hope Tatum's at 100%. I hope the Bucks are at 100%. And uh, we can kind of get a measuring stick game here. Yeah, I mean, get your popcorn ready. This is going to be a good game. For sure. And uh, we'll try to get out of here before before it starts so it can uh, garner our full attention, which it definitely deserves. Uh, so with that in mind, let's, let's talk a little NFL. Um, obviously the game of the, we're talking about, you know, the game of the week in the basketball uh, game of the week just happened Monday night. Uh, Chiefs, Chiefs, Eagles, the, the Eagles exact their revenge, uh, not a particularly clean game, I would say from either side. Um, but to me, this just seems like the uh, the kind of team that the Eagles are right now. They're they're a team that can win dirty, win ugly, uh, and I feel I feel like Kansas City, the Chiefs, are a team that kind of have to be on script. Everything kind of has to be going their way um, this this season, at least with with what they have to uh, to come out victorious. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely. Um, see some merit with that one. I think I saw a stat that said the Chiefs have the worst scoring in the second half in all of football. Yeah, I think uh, on the broadcast they said that they're averaging like five points a game in the second half or something egregious, egregious like that. Like that is just you can't have that. And uh, the play that's you know running through my head right now is that 
that interception in the red zone by Patrick Mahomes. Um, you can't have those careless turnovers. Uh, Kelsey, I, I don't hold the Kelsey. Yeah, I was going to say Kelsey had that fumble in the red zone. Yeah, I, maybe it's just me. I don't. I don't really hold that one against him. He was going. He was going to cover it up with his second hand, and it was it was punched out, I believe, by Roby. Um, so he was, yeah, it was. It was punched out by Buck. I agree, Bradley Roby. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's just uh, you know Kelsey's looking to do the right thing there. It's not like he's one of these um, you know receivers that, or you know, sometimes you see it like running backs or even quarterbacks sometimes that are just like so loose with the ball, you know, just like cradling it with one arm um just you know begging for it to be to be fumbled uh that's definitely not what was happening in that i think it was just a great defensive play by roby um we we kind of we mentioned mvs earlier um i'll speak for tory on this one since uh he's not here uh that mvs drop didn't dictate that did not decide the game um i don't think you watched the game if if you say it did um it was a bad bad drop yes but i mean the chiefs had quite a few of those travis kelsey had one i believe on that same drive or maybe it was the drive before on a second or third down you know third and short and uh you know he he dropped it he just went right off his fingers i think they had five drops they have 26 which is tied for the most in the last 10 years at this point in the season through 10 games i mean that's just crazy Jesus. We saw it uh, week one, right? Uh, that was the narrative week one. It seems like the primetime games for the Chiefs, <laughs> that they're, they're dropping the ball. Um, and you, you'd like to think that's something that can just be corrected. Uh, you know, you're paying these guys a lot of money to catch the ball, and, like, that's something that they'll do. I mean, Kadarius Toney was, was the culprit week one, and, you know, he had a, he had a good game Monday night. Uh, he was electric in the, in the punt return, kind of, you know, shades of what he did uh, in the Super Bowl against the Eagles, um, lining him up in the—I thought lining him up in the backfield was really, really interesting. Uh, not because, like, I've I've seen them do that before, but where they were running the ball, they ran it inside with Tony, which I just never thought would ever cross their mind or or be effective, considering how small he was. But he was going, you know, in between the guard and the tackle. It wasn't like he was bouncing it outside every every time he ran. Yeah, no, that is a that is a weird one, but it worked though. He he bounced off of his, uh, you know, the the play that's running through my head right now is he bounced off of, I believe, one of his own linemen, um, uh, like you know, brushed off of him and then bounced back outside to the right for like a eleven yard first down or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, man, it, fun game. Um, you know, not necessarily super high scoring, but but still a fun game. Yeah, I mean, good football game. Uh, one of my main takeaways is I, I I texted Tori this during the game. I I feel like Pacheco should be on the Eagles. He seems like a Philadelphia Eagle more than he does a Kansas City Chief. Uh, just super super yeah, hard he's, runner. Yeah, he's an angry runner. He just pounds the ground every time he he steps on that field. Uh, he he acts like the you know, the. <laughs> the turf owes him money or something. I don't know. He's just super angry out there and it he'll battle for every foot foot on that field, not yard. He's, he's battling for every foot. And, uh, that's a guy that, uh, he can help you win a, 
playoff game in you know inclement weather for sure uh looks like the the chiefs might have to actually go on the road if they make it to the afc championship for the first time uh it seems like since since uh the new england brady days really um so that'll be interesting uh eagles just keep keep chugging along i think it's going to be them and i'm not i'm uh, no bold take here, but I think it's I think it's them and the Niners in the you know in that conference. Yeah, yeah no, they're definitely separating themselves. Yeah, those two at least. Yeah, I mean the Cowboys' great defense, still not a believer in Dak. Lions, you know, Lions were flirting with disaster last week, and you know, one week is just one week. But I don't know, man. Uh, they they find ways yeah, to no, win I mean, games too, but their defense isn't quite what the Eagles is, right? Right. No, I agree. Um, sticking in the in the Midwest a little bit, uh, Joe Burrow, Joey B out for the year. Um, Bengals are done, right? Yeah. No. There's there's no hope. Especially with Jake Browning at quarterback. So maybe everyone that said, uh, you know, should we press the panic button just had a crystal ball and uh, they just knew Joe Burrow would get hurt 10 weeks down the road. Um, <laughs> but seriously, man, that, that just sucks. It sucks for the Bengals. Um, well, it sucks more for Joe Burrow because they're not protecting him. Uh, they continue to not protect him. Uh, maybe Tory was right. Hashtag Tory was right. Maybe it should have been Sewell. Um, I don't, I still don't think it should have been Sewell. I, I, I do think it should have been Chase, but man, they, they invested in that O line. Um, was it two years ago now? And it's just, it's kind of back to the, where they were. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I have you know, the alarming stat that's kind of going around right now. It, it, it's exactly that. It's, it's very alarming is, um, it makes you ask if we're trending towards the same situation. Uh, Andrew Lack, Andrew, Andrew Lack, Andrew Luck was sacked 150, 115 times in 55 games. Joe Burrow has played 52 games, and he's been sacked 148 times. He's been sacked yeah, 30, 33 more times in three fewer games than Andrew Luck. The same Andrew Luck who said, uh, I can't take this anymore. I'm retiring during a preseason game. Uh, you know, right before the season started. And Andrew Luck doesn't strike me as a, somebody that's like, ah, I don't really like football too much. I think he just, you know, a very intelligent guy, went to Stanford, um, architect, and he was just like, man, I can't continue doing this. And uh, I don't think Joe Burrow is that, that type. I don't think that, that, but man, dude, if you just keep on getting these, you know, brutally, brutally beaten, every single week and you know it's not going to get better and it hasn't gotten better like i don't know are you is he going to request out of is the ohio boy going to request a trade out of cincy i don't i don't think so just because he has bought into that whole organization but i think it needs to be asked what the fuck are the Bengals doing yeah i think they're just kind of they're a shit show run franchise i mean they have to cross the road they have to cross a highway to get to their practice field they have to have a traffic and they didn't they were the last team to have an indoor facility and yeah. it wasn't brought in until like two years ago yeah with like uh 
there had to be a movement to start the indoor facility in Cincinnati, Ohio, in the Midwest. Just insanity. But yeah, yeah they, 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 they literally have to have a traffic cop when their players are going to, uh, to practice because their facility, then they have to cross a highway to get to their field. That's high school shit. I didn't even have to do that in high school. Not even. That's worse than high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, in high school locker room, I, I went across uh, like a 20 foot parking lot <laughs> to the practice field. And you didn't even have to go through the parking lot if you didn't want to. It was just a little quicker. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, that's crazy. That just that tells you a lot about Cincinnati. Unfortunately, they, you know, the owners haven't really bought in. And um, if you're not buying in for Joe Burrow, who's putting you on a Super Bowl run, I don't know when you buy in. Um, it, it's just sad. Like you, I, I would be very upset if I was. Uh, you know, if I lived in the Cincinnati area or I had any allegiance to uh, to the Bengals at all, I just, you know, I'm I'm a casual that you know I'm a casual Bengals fan because of Joe Burrow. Uh, definitely not alone in that regard, and I mean he just deserves a, so much better than he's getting right now. Yeah, no, I mean as someone who grew up in Cincinnati, like I I definitely root for the Bengals when it comes with this situation. And um, seeing Joe Burrow go through this shit is just absurd. All right, man. Um, we'll get to holidays for a second really quick. I just got to get a prediction from you. Uh, needed it on record. Uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, you being nervous for the game and everything. Uh, final score. What, what do you think it is uh, come, you know, 3 o'clock on Saturday? Uh, down to my head, I'm going to say... 30 to 20 Ohio State. 30 to 20. I think, is that like a Buckeyes or had, had three, they punch it in with like four minutes left, or is that like a two possession game throughout? No, it's going to be a very, very close game. I think the last touchdown comes late. Gotcha. So it's like 20 through 20. They punch it in. Michigan's just going for it on fourth down, doesn't get it type of thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I can, you know, we'll, we'll see. It'll be a very good game. I'm very excited to watch it. But uh, with that in mind, I, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I just think this game really comes down to um, a couple things. I think Travion has to do better than uh, Blake Corum. Um, our defense that has really shown up this year really needs to put that narrative to bed from last year that you can run on us. And uh, I, I think McCord just needs to do enough to get us into the situation to win. Sounded a lot like Jim Tressel. I mean, honestly, I think Tressel Ball is the best era of Ohio State. It was run the damn ball and play great defense. Fair enough, man. Uh, and one thing Trestle, uh, or rather uh, Car- Carpenter or AJ Hawk relied in their or relayed in their conversation with Trestle on the McAfee show was, um, you know, these guys haven't beaten. You know, the the seniors didn't have a game the COVID year and they lost two years in a row. Like they have not beaten Michigan and. Uh, from from everything that I know from our friendship 
uh, since day one. I know how big of a thing that is. Um, so you you would think that they're hungry would be an understatement. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I've definitely watched interviews. Um, this team is focused. Sometimes, so sometimes you can. So yeah. it's going to be. Sometimes you can be a little. You know, there is something to be said about hyping yourself up a little bit too much. I don't want to put that evil on you or your Buckeyes, but uh, but I think that goes both ways. So I think it, even if that was the case, it would balance itself out because, yeah, Michigan's had it for the last two years, but they got a lot to prove. They, they're playing for their coach right now. They're playing for their national title hopes because God knows they lose to Ohio State. They're not getting in with the schedule that they had. Yeah, no, there's no chance if they lose, they get in. There is a puncher's chance we get in. Yep, you would need some chaos, but Ohio State still has a still has a path with the, you know, obviously both teams beat Penn State, but obviously you know the Notre Dame win is a notch under your belt as well. Especially, you know, the Irish have been looking good as of late as well. You know, kind of they were looking a little shaky there midseason, and they've kind of figured some stuff out again. So you would need a little madness, which is yeah. uh, which is something that we've lacked, like we said. But there there is a path for the Buckeyes if they if they lose. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, this is, you said it earlier, this is maybe the biggest game in Ohio State Michigan history. I don't, I don't, at this point, I don't think there's a question. And man, what a rivalry, rivalry it is. So, uh, yeah, again, just can't, can't express how, uh, excited I am for that game and, uh, must watch television, television for sure. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, there's going to be a couple fights. <laughs> I'd love that. Let's let's get a little scrappy. Uh but we got a holiday. Uh we're we're a few hours away, you know, as of this recording from one of the major holidays, Thanksgiving. So let's uh let's get in let's get into uh holidays in history cuz uh as Tori likes to say, you got to celebrate every day, right? Yes, sir. So yeah, of course, tomorrow uh November 23rd is Thanksgiving. Um it is it is now known that that both Parker Rush and Michael Mawson are are big fans of stuffing. Um so I think that's that's kinda, you know, just uh a day to be thankful for, for what you have and uh you know, it can get lost in the in the hustle of every day and you know, you just wake up and it's another day and that you know. But uh, you know, it's good to put things into perspective every once in a while. So, you know, spend some time with some family and uh relax and and uh you know, have a good time. Um, also, and watch some football. What, yeah, dude, I don't get to watch football, unfortunately. One of the only Americans in the world, really, uh, probably the only American, uh, that has a you know a, a podcast that talks predominantly about football that doesn't watch football on Thanksgiving. Uh, pretty wild, pretty wild thing, but oh, wait, um, Michael, I actually have a question for you. Go ahead, Thanksgiving football. Or Christmas, Christmas basketball. basketball. Which one do you like? Christmas basketball, mostly because I actually get to watch basketball on Christmas. But again, I'm just a I'm a basketball guy uh, more than I am a, a a football guy. I would say. So I'll take I'll take Christmas basketball. Nine times out of ten. Okay. I, um, I, I wish this I, is going to sound crazy. Are you Are you on the same? But I actually agree. Wow. I agree. So so let me say this. I really wish I could watch football this year because the lines are good. Like, you know, I, I did watch, um, when I was younger, I, I would go to 
my other grandparents house and um football would be on in the background i'm talking when i was like a really young kid up until maybe i was 10 or so maybe um so football would be on the background uh but the lions always play the afternoon game right and that's when the lions were like oh and 16 lions i was like you know <laughs> that that era so yeah it wasn't a game you know you you just put it on but you knew the lions were going to lose anyway and that that was a long era um up until really this this these past couple of years right so um and and by the i would go home my grandparents lived very close to to where my parents lived so by the time i got home um you know it was i wasn't really watching football at that point and and so i was really only seeing the lions game so i have a tainted version of uh, a personal version of of thanksgiving football and uh you know i'm willing to admit that but with that said christmas basketball for me okay yeah no i mean i i i love christmas basketball it's just something about one i love christmas way more than i like thanksgiving yeah but there's just something about having a day full of basketball and especially now that i bet like it gets the juices flowing <laughs> yeah that is true um yeah, maybe you don't want to talk to a certain relative or something, so you put a parlay on. No, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> no, no. But uh, anyway, also on November 23rd is uh, let's give you a little bit of history. First issue of Life magazine is published. Um, what do you think of? Do you have any thoughts when when uh, Life magazine is is uttered? I I I have an initial thought, but I'm wondering if you do. Okay, um, I do. It's a little dark. All right. Well, I think Life Magazine kind of has that tendency a little bit. Okay, so my first thought is um, how I think it was in the 30s. They gave Adolf Hitler Man of the Year. Oh, that is right. Yeah, I wish. I bet they wish they could have that one back. Yeah, that's a, that's a take you want to take back. Yeah, and this was 36 when it was first published, so uh, that was pretty early in the life era. Um, since then, I think they've made some better decisions. Um, I don't think you can make much worse decisions than that. So, uh, sellout sports yeah, again. No. I, th I think this is the fifth or sixth time we're officially stamping it. Uh, Anti-Hitler, anti-Nazi uh, podcast, uh, just so everyone's aware. Um, yeah, no, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, so my first, uh, I think of, uh, we talked about the Scholastic Book Fair. Um, I, I feel like I remember it at the Scholastic Book Fair. Or maybe it's just like the, the you know, quintessential um, checkout grocery store uh, kind of thing. Um, you know, kind of tabloids. I know it's not necessarily a tabloid, but um, it would be there with, with, the, uh, with those others. That's kind of how I remember it. Just like, you know, the big photo um as a kid just kind of looking at it i've never really sat down and and gone through a life magazine i don't think um nor do i really me neither with with any magazines um i think that's just kind of probably our generation really um yeah probably i don't know i'll have to ask tori next time if he's a magazine guy uh <laughs> anyway november 24th uh so that's friday uh Obviously, Black Friday. Uh, we'll get that out of the way first. We got a couple obvious ones that we'll we'll throw in. Uh, Parker, are you a big Black Friday guy? 
Um, I used to. I mean, now that COVID's happened, it's really not that big of a thing. But yeah, Walmart started. But I did like, like uh, it in high school. Not not a huge Walmart guy, but I, I I've just seen ads. They started it like nine days early this year or some shit. Yeah, so it doesn't target in like Best Buy and shit. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm not a huge shopper in general, really. Um, not me neither. I like to do it online. So. I, I probably should utilize it a little bit more. Um, maybe like uh, like traveling or something. Like, do airlines do Black Friday? I doubt it, but maybe they do. All right, well, I guess I'll find out on Friday. Um, but yeah, yeah, not a big Black, <laughs> Black Friday guy myself. Uh, I am, what I am is a big D.B. Cooper fan. Um, the mystery behind D.B. Cooper. Do you know who this is? No, I never heard of this story before. You you brought it up earlier. Yeah, so uh it's it's DB Cooper Day. Um and let me fill you in if you're if you're not aware. In uh nineteen seventy one, I believe it was, he hijacked a plane going from Portland to Seattle, uh never to be heard from again. Uh he jumped out at some point, I believe, and uh was never found dead or alive. Uh, could still be alive. Could be a solid sports listener to for all we know. Um, actually, uh, didn't didn't know about him until didn't know this was a real thing until today. Um, he his character was portrayed in uh, Prison Break. Great show, Parker. I know you haven't haven't watched it. Can't recommend it enough. Very good show. Um, one of the prisoners is kind of loosely based off of him it, it comes to find out um and yeah i didn't didn't realize he was an actual person until today so uh just even more of a legend um i thought the the character was badass come to find out it's an actual person um that's pretty you know that 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 usually doesn't happen so yeah db cooper day um november 25th is national small uh shop or small business saturday uh, right after, you know, Black Friday, they want to keep spending your money and uh, keep shopping. And uh, shopping local is important. We just talked about Walmart and Target and all those things, but uh, you know, the mom and pop shop, um, you know, they're they're members of the community. And, and as I'm saying this, I'm I'm looking at a Walmart uh, Black Friday commercial. That's just uh, tells you about everything you need to know. Um, but yeah, you know. Shopping local is important, and it keeps money in the community. And you know, it's a good thing to do. Uh, I don't, again, I don't very, I don't shop very often, but uh, always good to to support support local. Uh, then we're gonna wrap it up on yeah, s- no, I agree. Yeah, wrap it up on Sunday here, uh, November twenty sixth. Uh, I just got one. Well, technically two here. It's National and International Cake Day. Uh, big fan of cake, but uh, I think this says a lot about the world. Um, you know, different holidays, nationals, one internationals too, because the world can't, you know, agree on anything, not even cake, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah. Uh, are you a big, are you a cake guy? I'm not actually like a huge cake guy. What's your dessert of um, choice? I do. Oh, it's definitely either a cookie or a brownie. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not a huge, like, I like just like a chocolate cake, like basic chocolate cake. I don't really like a lot of extravagant. I've had fancy cakes before, you know, bougie. Um, 
just give me the classics. Give me the chocolate. Um, oh, is, I, is tiramisu I, a cake? Uh, cake adjacent, I would say. Okay, then I, I know. Mean, I know. I'm back on board. You're disrespecting your favorite cake ever. I did have it last weekend. Hangover cake. DeFazio's. I do love me some hangover cake from Defazio's in Troy, New York. Um, if if Defazio's ever uh, becomes a sponsor, I can die a happy per- I can die a happy man. I'll definitely die a well <laughs> well fed man. Uh, just phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, that's a pretty good place to end it. Um, you know, we're we're at about an hour twenty here, so a little bit shorter. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure once Tori gets back and healthy. Uh, hopefully for for the Tuesday episode, uh, we'll we'll be back on the on the two hour trek. But uh, for now, uh, yeah, Parker, any any uh, closing thoughts? Uh, nah, just uh, go go Bucks and fuck Michigan. <laughs> Fair enough. I think that's uh, that's pretty well said. Well, thank you to Cat TV again for uh, you know lending us this equipment and and allowing us the uh, opportunity to uh, share our our sports takes with the. Uh, with our lovely listeners and, and thank you everyone for listening. I really do appreciate it. Uh, feel free, you know, like Tori says, give us, uh, give us, shoot us an email, uh, you know, comment on what you want us to talk about. And, uh, you know, we'll be back on, on Tuesday. I hope everyone has a, has a nice, uh, happy and healthy Thanksgiving. And, uh, thank you for listening. One yeah, last happy Thanksgiving guys. One last time, Parker, just say, you know, root on your Buckeyes. Go Bucks. Fuck Michigan. <laughs>